All right. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Famous last words. We will be finishing the uh, opening paragraph, the Beatitudes of the Sermon on the Mount today. God did not say that. I said that. So don't hold him accountable for my claims. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Seeing the multitude, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What is the promise to us? The kingdom of heaven, comfort, the inheritance of the earth, righteousness, being filled, mercy, Seeing God, being called sons, replicas of God. The kingdom of heaven. A life that is so approved of God that it is like the prophets of the Hebrew scriptures. And what was the expectation of those prophets? Isaiah saw into the very throne room of God in heaven. <coughs> Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind into the very presence of God. That is the ex. If you were a politician, right now, the elections are probably about over in France. What's going on there? You've got two people saying to the French people, follow me! <coughs> Here's my list of promises. Based on your own personal experience and observations of the human political process, what kind of an expectation would you have on the true, authentic fulfillment of the promises those politicos are making? Ouch. Ouch. Probably isn't going to happen. Not so King Jesus. 
Not so, King Jesus. We are going to, we are right now under his sovereign care. Just this morning in the Sunday school class, we were, began our study of 1 Peter, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the elect who are sojourners of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. He is with us, the shepherd king with us, each personally all the time, supplying what he has promised, and he has never failed. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. I'll take that king. I'll take that king. And so here we are in Galilee, Jesus goes up on the mountain, and just as it was, and I pointed this out a couple months ago when we <laughs> began this, in the same way that Moses by himself went up Mount Sinai to enter into the presence of God, Jesus goes up on the mountain, takes his seat, and the people came up to him. And they are hearing the core message of the kingdom of heaven from the lips of the king himself. Their God himself. And he has said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How do we step into the kingdom? We step into the kingdom by acknowledging our own spiritual and moral poverty. We don't have any claim on God at all. And he pays the bill for us. He claims us and makes the way for us. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What did Isaiah do when he saw the Lord high and lifted up? I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. I've given praise to other gods or people, for what was God's blessing? I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And I've just seen the king, the authentic provider, the one for whom mercy and grace actually comes. And he began to mourn. I'm undone. I have no hope. And an angel takes with tongs a live coal off the heavenly altar, comes down and touches his lips, and he is cleansed. And then I love this. God says to this one-man audience, I have a job over here. I'm going to send somebody to do this job. I wonder who I ought to send. Hmm. To the one man. <laughs> Here my Lord send me. Yes, I will. And I will send you to a people who will not hear you. 
But your job is to speak to them anyways. Your job is to speak to them anyways so that they will not be able to say we had no witness, we had no warning. Now, a couple of generations later, they would be restored. But this is a long process, and he's being called to one of the most difficult tasks, but his job is to be faithful to what God has called him to do. Blessed are the meek, those who walk with God with a humble spirit. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And what will the outcome be for Isaiah? This prophet who saw in a very heavenly temple the Lord himself, the king himself, what's the outcome for him? Well, as the close of the passage suggests, you will be stepping into a kingdom of great glory. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for getting it right. They will be filled. God has not called us to frustration, but to success. Blessed be the merciful, for they shall obtain. Well, how does this first express itself, that we are merciful to people who have harmed us? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. He qualifies us to receive what we are willing to bestow on other people. Blessed are the pure in heart, those who are focused solely upon following their Lord, and everything else is set aside. Everything else takes second place to following their Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall, like Isaiah, See God. Well, I know Jesus. <laughs> I know Jesus. Isn't that great? Here we are, a room full of people. I, I believe every one of you, what I gather, has authentically entrusted themselves to Christ. And what can we claim? I know Jesus. I know the King of Kings. I know the Lord over every Lord. I know the God over every God. I know him. I have a personal relationship with him. When I speak to him, he hears me. And when he speaks to me, I hear him. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who go out and gospel and gospel and gospel people. What did Jesus do? God's own son, God the son become flesh. What did he do? He gospeled people. He told people the good news. He told them, and I love this statement that I heard from a pre, I've still got the record. Uh, 33 and a third record, Stephen Olford, <laughs> Calvary Baptist Church, New York City, made, they made this record in the mid-1960s, and I love this statement. He was preaching from a passage in his gospel. Jesus knew no greater task. Jesus knew no greater task than to point people to himself. Himself. 
Our task is to point people to Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I'm calling you. What did God call Isaiah to? To speak and be rejected. You know what the outcome ultimately was, humanly speaking, for Isaiah? This is not in the Old Testament, but it is in Jewish history. He got stuffed in a hollow log and sawn in two. Can we say persecution? But what was the next element of his experience? (laughs) He was in the presence of his God. In fact, I will bet you he was in the presence of his God while he was stuffed in that hollow log. He was strengthened by the presence of his God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As we've noted before, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The very thing, and I've started to tell you guys this in Sunday school, and then it just I forgot why I brought it up. That I had a I had a history teacher, colonial and American history teacher, when I was in in uh, community college, and she had her PhD from Columbia University, a Jewish woman, and she made the statement that. Bloody Mary, who was the queen after Henry VIII died for a few years, now Henry VIII and then his son Edward, and then she became queen. She burned about 800 people at the stake. 800 people burned at the stake in Great Britain because they believed this, because they believed that Jesus alone, his death on the cross, was enough for them to find a welcome in heaven and they didn't need to jump through religious hoops that so-called authorities had set up. And she burned over 800 people at the stake. And this Jewish, ortho, this Jewish woman from Manhattan said to me, and there was a gospel explosion in Great Britain. The very thing that she was doing to suppress the gospel caused it to explode. Why? Because the British people and the (coughs) Scottish people and the Welsh people stood back and looked at these people and watched them die singing praises to God. And they thought, what does that man, what does that woman know that I don't know? Because I couldn't do that. And they went and found out And there was a gospel explosion in Great Britain. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. The promise to them as individuals, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But then Jesus goes deeper with it as he says, Blessed are those, blessed are you you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. For my sake. I just read an account yesterday evening. Christian pastor in a remote village in India was ministering to young people. He was seeing 
them come to Christ over and over and over. And there was a Maoist, a communist element there that was trying to recruit these young people into their becoming followers of them and rising up against the elites and all this stuff. And he was telling the young people, no, don't follow them, follow Jesus and complete your education. And so that finally one night, two in the morning, 30 men showed up, broke into their house and to drag this man away and his wife desperately, take me, take me, kill me too. No, they beat her left her behind and they took him out and they killed him and the villagers found his body a couple of days later blessed are you blessed are you the immediate experience painful shameful But you're blessed. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Because of me. They really hate me. They can't reach me and so they strike at you. Rejoice. What was the outrageous testimony of these Egyptian Coptic Christians that about three years ago were knelt down on the shore there in Libya and killed. They had smiles on their face. Rejoice and be exceedingly good. I don't, I don't even understand. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't believe I have ever had the strength of God the Holy Spirit manifest himself in me as much as the testimony I'm about to give you. Uh, there was a man who was the head of the Church of England. He was made the head of the Church of England. He was the arch appointed Archbishop of Canterbury by Henry VIII. And then he continued in that office through Henry's son, who succeeded him and ruled for a few years. He was the Archbishop of Canterbury during the time of Mary. And she burned him at the stake. But what happened first is he, had, he was very clearly a Protestant. He was very clear on his understanding of the gospel. But when she threatened him, his first reaction was to recant, was to back, okay, never mind, I didn't really mean all that stuff. And then he recanted his recantation. He said, no, I really did mean that. Go ahead and burn me. Now, they've got this guy. His name was Cranmer, Thomas Cranmer. They've got him tied to a stake and they've got the wood down here and they start the wood now he's got his hands enough free you know they're just tied up here he put his hand into the fire and he says let the offending member that hand that signed that recantation let the offending member burn first folks I don't can we say God the Holy Spirit has to supply you with the power to be able to stick your hand in a flame and hold it there? 
And eight months before him, there were two other bishops, Latimer and Ridley, who were likewise burned at the stake because they would not back off their gospel testimony. And so, yes, there was a gospel explosion in that nation. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus makes this statement. The last book of our New Testaments. Revelation chapter 2. Well, Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Jesus is addressing seven different congregations in seven different cities in what is modern day Turkey. This is found in Revelation chapter 2 beginning in verse 8. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write... These things says the first and the last. What? These things says the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the end. Can we say I am the single most significant person? These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your tribulation. I know, excuse me, I, you, I know your works, tribulation, and poverty. Of the seven churches that Jesus addresses in chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation, this was the congregation that would have been considered the poorest the weakest but there are no such thing I know your works tribulation your trouble and poverty oh but you are rich but you are And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan, your chief opponents. I know them. Lord, don't you know what's going on? Stop it. Of course I know what's going on. I know your opposition better than you know your opposition. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Time out. Wait. It's suffering that I fear. <laughs> and you're telling me don't fear what I'm about to suffer. But that's what I fear. Don't fear it. Are you going to endure it? Yes, you are going to endure it. But don't be afraid of it. Lucifer trades in fear. Don't give him that place to stand in your spirit. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. You are, this is going to happen. I'm telling you ahead of time. This is what's going to happen. You're going to get thrown in jail. Don't be afraid of it. 
And it's going to happen that you might be tested. Now, the purpose of a test, these theoretically, if you go to school, uh, we were talking about tests in school a little bit earlier. What's the, supposedly the purpose of a test when a professor or a teacher gives you a test? It's to find out what you know. It's not the purpose of the test isn't to make you fail. The purpose of the test is designed to expose what information you've gathered. Don't be afraid of the test. You aren't going to be... T now, I'm going to... I, Jesus, am going to use Lucifer as my instrument. He hates this. <laughs> Lucifer can't do a thing without serving the purposes of Jesus. Wow! That's got to be embarrassing and frustrating. Of course, he doesn't admit to it. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. I am in charge of him, and he is going to be my servant in having some of you cast into prison, that you may be tested. The point of a test isn't to destroy you. The point of a test is to demonstrate the reality of your declarations about me. You have been telling the truth about me in your community, in Smyrna. Now that's going to be exposed. It's going to be verified. It's going to be justified. It's going to be tested and pass the test before the community. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation 10 days. I am in charge of the extent of time-wise of the test. I'm in charge of every bit of it, including the time. It will end when I determine it is to end. And Satan won't be able to prolong it. It's going to end in a certain amount of time. He says 10 days. I don't see any reason to take that other than as a literal 10 days. You will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death. Wait, 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 what do you, what's, what's suggested here? The test may end with what event? Their death. Be faithful until death. Keep telling the truth about me until your last breath is leaving your lungs. Be faithful until death. And I will give you the crown of life. And that crown will sit on your brow for about a month, and then I'll hand it out. No. Forever and ever and ever and ever. And the event will continue and continue. The glory will continue. Your welcome in my presence, your glorying in my presence will continue forever and ever. The crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Are you listening to me? Are you taking me, are you willing to take me at my word? 
Are you willing to understand about yourself that you are of much greater value to me in my kingdom than you are to Nero in his kingdom? Who were these people, these Smyrnans? They were in a poor community, a poor congregation in a poor community. Of all these seven churches, they're probably the least from the human standpoint, the one that would draw the least attention. And yet they are of all these seven churches, there are only two that Jesus doesn't rebuke. This one and the Church of Philadelphia. He has no rebuke for these people. Only encouragement. And I am going to use you in a way he doesn't suggest to the depth of being using the other congregations. And they're going to receive a crown of life. I want you to know, Jesse, Kane, you are valuable to God. Harold, you're valuable to God. He is focused, Jesus is focused on you. Ed, Karen, Donna, he's focused on you. He's focused on each of us for kingdom glory that we will step into and receive and glory in forever and ever, and we don't even have a frame of reference in this life of what glory looks like to comp- that we can actually measure that against. That's how great the kingdom glory is. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Don't cover your ears. Don't say, I don't like this message. No, listen to me. And you will walk into kingdom glory. He who overcomes, he who prevails, this is the same word, overcome, that's used over and over and over again in chapters 2 and 3 of each one of these churches, they are to overcome. They are to be overcomers, overcomers. It's the same word that is found in chapter 5 of Jesus takes the scroll from him who sits on, from the right hand of him who sits on the throne because he prevailed, he overcame. Jesus is an overcomer. Jesus is a prevailer. We are to be overcomers. We are to prevail against the opposition. And will it surprise you if that opposition resembles the opposition Jesus was confronted by? It ought not to. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. You do not need to be afraid of judgment in your future. It has been completely, utterly removed. I'll take that. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In defiance and testimony against them, you're supposed to be wilting in tears and instead you're laughing. A spirit of joy rests upon you. And it's real. Because you're stepping into actual kingdom 
glory. It's yours. Be that overcomer. The one who trusts in the face of every sort of threat. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we ask that you would give us that spirit. Well, let me back up and restate that. You have given us a spirit of boldness, of victory, of glory. I'm asking for myself as well as anyone else here that you would enable us to walk in it to your praise. And as a testimony to men and angels, we ask this of you, King Jesus, and all God's people said,